Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. Last night was the premiere of Zach Shawcross's season of The Bachelor. Let's get into it right now on Bachelor Rush Hour! A new season, new me. How you guys doing out there? Dave Neal, and this is our first Bachelor Rush Hour in the new season. Let's take it low. Let's take it slow. Let's recap all that we saw last night. You guys into it or what? Did Zach uh, do the right thing for you? Did he make you feel a certain way? <laughs> you know what? He made me feel short. That man is tall. All right, well, Zach, people people said, oh, who is this guy? Well, they're trying to show us. They're like, ah, he played bass guitar. Like, if you want to show off someone's personality, don't tell us he played bass guitar. <laughs> well, you know, he uh, he was in a band. Oh, what, yeah, what instrument did he play? Was he lead singer? Was he this crazy drummer? No, he just kept the beat with the bass guitar. All righty. All right, we like Zach, though. At least I do. Um, you know, I was on the She's All Batch podcast this morning at 5 a.m. my time, Pacific Coast. Uh, that episode comes out Thursday on She's All Batch. But in that conversation, I just told the ladies, I was like, what do you guys want from Zach? What do you want from this man? Uh, he's tall. He's good looking, objectively. I mean, some people, even they might not be into him. He might not be their type. But it's like when everyone says, oh, he's just another basic white guy, you go, he's six foot four. He's not basic at all. He's the star of this dating show. We're going to get into it. All right. And the ladies aren't basic either. Let me tell you something. Uh, episode one on The Bachelor generally is a appearance-based episode. You know, he doesn't exactly get dissertations of their opinions on tough topics. Well, what do you feel like uh, about the internment camps? No, no, no. We don't know. There's none of that. No. How did you... Uh, did you... Uh, what was your... No. It's... Do, do, do I like your teeth? Do I smell okay next to you? Does my oxytocin match with yours? That's what it is, folks. It's it's a surface level at best, but isn't the show surface level? All right, well, let's just jump right into it. My favorite takeaways of last night, I'm going to share them with you right now. This is unique. This is not information you're getting on YouTube. Now, I have a recap I already made on YouTube, my sort of snap judgments, my quick thoughts, uh, which of these contestants are too long, long, young, long and young. They're long and young. Which of these contestants belong, you know, as an assistant manager at Limited 2 and not on a dating show? But of course, Zach's young, and I don't think we have anyone younger than 23. So for Zach's 26, I think anyone between the ages of 23 to 30 kind of fits that mold, right? Okay, or older. All right, I don't want to age shame anybody. Maybe Zach's an old soul. All right, but either way, we have some wild moments that happened. And, you know, you might not be into the show. Every, it just seems like everybody, I'm not excited for that season. That's okay. I understand that. But when that limo comes down and that driveway is soaking wet, your boy is ready to go. And first off, I'm not going to go through every single person that came down the, sh down the driveway. That's just ridiculous. I'll tell you who my favorite was. My favorite entrance. I'm not much of a gimmicky guy. I don't know. If you guys know this about stand-up comedians, we don't like props. We don't like it when someone comes on stage with a bag of props. So all of the people that hit the mark and recited their favorite poetry or, you know, brought whatever, you know, I mean, you know, beads for deeds. They did the party. The party bus was okay. But all for the, all those gimmicks aside, I liked Jess. Jess, 23 years young, shows up in a nice pink sort of a oh, strapless dress. She had body glitter on, you know what I mean? The type of thing a guy gets in trouble for if a stripper hugs him, you know? Oh, why are you wearing glitter? Honey, I don't know. It just fell on me. It was raining glitter. Uh, 
Either way, she was giddy. She was excited, charming. They had a great connection. They, of course, uh, kissed later. Tonsil hockey, as the uh, Canadians call it. And, um, yeah, they did the old uh, COVID swab test with their tongues. That's what they did. They uh, they gave each other the old booster, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, they, she was like, you want another dose? She's like, I'll take a dose of Zach any day of the week. And they did their thing, and they did it uh, quite well. Um uh, the big surprise for me, though, you know, a lot of times, you know, Zach stands there, they lock their knees and they let the women do their thing. But he went in and Bailey called him out and said, I wore a name tag because you forgot my name because, uh, you know, remember he called her Balin or something. He just messed it up. And look, have you ever like gotten pulled over by the police? and forgot what you were going to say because you were so nervous. You know, have you ever been in a situation where you were caught off guard and you didn't remember anything about that? Well, there's just a thing that happens in life when you're nervous or trying to survive the moment. I can't tell you how many times I've met somebody and then forgot their name within seconds. It's like, who is that? I have no idea. I try my best to do a better job of being like intentional at remembering things. Obviously with stand-up comedy, it helps being on stage, talking to audience members, and you want to be able to like really be in the moment. But with Zach, the cameras are rolling. He forgets Bailey's name. So she said, my name's Bailey. And then what does Zach do? What does my guy Zach do? He goes in for the kiss at the limo exits. Have we ever seen this? Is this new? I don't think I've ever seen a bachelor or bachelorette lead go in for the kiss. Now, I guess they had met prior at the live show. So either way, Bailey uh, uh, on the daily had a a one up there. She was the first kiss out of the gate, Uh, but he didn't stop there. I think we totaled a total of seven kisses. Um, We saw North Dakota. I think her name's Madison. She snuck in a kiss and he was like, I'm not feeling it. And uh, sure enough, he wasn't, um, you know, as Bailey was kind of tormenting herself over, does he like me? Does he not? What does he do? He gives the first impression rose to Greer. And of course, in this episode, after I go through my recap of the episode, I'm going to share with you several clips from content I made today, one of which was Greer apologizing for past tweets and photos that surfaced that put her in a not so favorable light according to modern times, some things that she said and did back in 2016. So we'll get into that story in a minute, but she was at least good enough to receive Zach's first impression, if not Reddit's. We sure know they did not give her their first impression, Rose. Um, But uh, others that did not uh, give a first impression uh, of their time would be the ratings. The ratings were down, folks. They just came in hot off the press. We'll probably have a video of this later. By the way, comments in the Patreon. Luis says, glitter is the herpes of the crafting world. That's amazing. I want a shirt that says that. Because <laughs> once you have glitter, you don't. it doesn't come off. All right. Anyway, uh, very funny stuff over there. Patreon.com slash Dave Neal behind the scenes. Bonus live stream gets to watch me do these podcasts. Oh, boy. Lucky them. So we have Bachelor Season 27, Episode 1, with 2.9 million viewers. And that's a one point, that's a 0.6 rating, down quite a bit versus last season's premiere, which last season was 3.5 million. Now, we made a video yesterday that producers were expecting a huge decline. My thought is this. Worry less about ratings and worry more about putting a good show together, which might mean The first nine episodes suck, but we get to see an awesome proposal and love and all of that that comes with it. If the show handles the season well and goes back to what made it 
popular in the first place, which is love. You know, there's always going to be drama and infighting, but you don't need to light you don't need to light it all on fire. You know what I mean? What's what is some sustainable love? Some sustainable energy? You know, not a Snickers bar. The sustainable energy is something you know. I don't know, hearty, uh, some veggies. I don't know. Either way, they um, if if the show goes in the direction I anticipate it going. The hundreds of thousands of people that exist on online forums might continue or might turn out to watch it. They say, oh, I'm not going to watch it. He's boring. And then someone's going to go, oh, actually, it's actually a pretty good season. You're going to really like uh, yeah, Jess and this. And, you know, he got a hand job in a uh, roller coaster. I, you know, I don't know what I, <laughs> I don't know what happens. But either way, um, let the audience do the promotion for you if it's good. Now, how the show obviously had a rough start because we don't know anything about Zach, which is basically a result of last season playing favorites and having Rachel and Gabby as bachelorettes. What they should have done, in hindsight at least, is probably have Gabby be the bachelorette because, you know, let's let's look at it. Rachel... She just wasn't ready for it. It's like when you uh, have a star pitcher in the minor leagues and you bring them up to the majors and they haven't quite learned how to pitch with the new, you know, paint the corners and instead they get shelled and then they're scarred for life. I mean, I feel that way with Rachel to an extent. She, her personality type, she took a lot of things with an angry tenor to her and she took a lot of things as personal insults. And as Zach said during the fantasy suite, he felt like he didn't even know her. She was grilling him and this and that. And of course it didn't end well. And you know, not to blame Rachel. I am not blaming Rachel for what Tino did. Tino cheated on her. Tino kissed somebody else. I can't imagine what the conversations were like between Tino and Rachel leading up to him pushing himself away. Again, he takes full responsibility and he should. He crossed the line. You shouldn't cheat. If If it wasn't working out, he should have just broken up with her. But I can only imagine there was an incredible amount of anxiety and anger and mixed feelings coming from Rachel during a season in which she was sort of criticized and Gabby was flourishing and this and that. We wish Rachel the best. So if, let's say, Gabby was the only Bachelorette, then we would have had double the amount of time existing between Gabby's dates and uh, the conversations they have, and we would have seen a love story flourish in one way or another. Maybe that would have involved Zach, maybe not. But either way, the lead generally carries over the momentum from the previous season because we get to see those things that we were robbed of in this past season of The Bachelorette. So with that said, I'm not willing to write Zach off. And I also don't know if the secret sauce for The Bachelor producers is to have the most charming lead in the world. I don't know if that's it. I mean, they took Clayton, who's a nice guy, probably very similar to Zach in the sense that they're probably nice, coachable guys. And Clayton created a very, very dramatic finale. Uh, Was it too dramatic? Was it too much of a dumpster fire? That's for you to decide. But it was for sure interesting TV, which spawned the the uproar amongst an audience so much so that, you know, Rachel was pretty much given the participation trophy to become The Bachelorette with Gabby or vice versa. Either way, it's the first time the show's done it. I don't, or, I mean, I don't count Caitlin Bristow's season because they, they they went with a lead. So after night one, it was all hands on deck or all hands on dick, depending on how you want to look at it. Bye, loser. All right. So uh, anyway, you'll know what that, uh, that soundbite means in a minute. Um, I've got lots coming your way. What else can I tell you about this um, first episode of The Bachelor? I think the general consensus from people is that they were 
pleasantly surprised. A lot of people said they they, they thought it would be a 6 out of 10, and it was a 7 out of 10. It was 10% better, 50%, you know, but I don't know many people that thought it was worse, and maybe that's because the bar was set so low, but we'll have to see what this does for ratings. And look, my thought is this. If ABC decides to cancel the show, my guess is they'll just put it on Hulu, and it'll be perfectly fine. In fact... If the show goes to streaming and doesn't have to deal with the FTC, yeah, you know me, there could be a chance that the show is better because they're not going to be so weird about bleeping out shits and ass cracks, not physical shits, but the word. And uh, they won't be so worried about like, you know, I think as an audience, we live in we live in one of the most conservative uh, first world countries in the world. You know, I remember, like I said this before, studying abroad in France in Showgirls, which has full frontal nudity, was on their basic television. And I was like, oh my gosh, full frontal nudity. Who are we to be? Who are we to be allowed to see our own bodies as humans? Ooh, gross. A vagina. We can't even say those words. Penis. A penis. We can't even say these words without giggling because we've created a sort of um, sort of conservative, not in a political sense, but conservative in a sort of moralistic sense. Are these words uh, where we've deemed it inappropriate to show nipple or side boob? God forbid. We, you know what I mean? We need to free the nipple out there, folks, is my point. I say, and that's what I love about some of these Netflix dating shows. Which, by the way, Katie Thurston's rumored new boyfriend or boy toy, Nick uh, uh, um, Olenhut, am I pronouncing that wrong? Probably. Apparently, he's going to be on, he was on The Circle on Netflix, and he's going to be on Netflix's new beach-themed dating show, which is meant to rival Bachelor in Paradise. I feel like it's time I start covering that as well, uh, because if and when Bachelor does finally bid adieu, as the French say, when they say goodbye... Uh, for the, for the long haul, we're gonna have to talk about some other content out there. But you know, part of what makes my channel successful is we dive so deep into the Bachelor world that I don't have the physical time to do anything else um, dating show related. Uh, so anyway, as far as a start to the season, uh, giving Zach a review, I want to give Zach, and in and this might shock you, I might want to give him a B plus. He's dismissing people that he feels like shouldn't be on the show. Uh, that he's not that into, you know, Madison, he's being upfront with them. And if he wants to kiss someone, he's not holding back. I've got a couple clips of what he said on us weekly after the premiere. Let's just listen to this and then we'll get into the other bachelor content. I didn't have any rules for myself. You mentioned, you know, you want that best friend. You feel like she was in the room the first night, your wife. Um, was there a point throughout the journey that you doubted that and you kind of had to think oh was I overly optimistic that's a great great question uh so to be honest there was not one moment throughout the entire filming where I wasn't confident that she's in this room like I the, the love was so strong Whoa. um and like you couldn't even ignore it like at all okay <laughs> And that was something that made me feel better that, yes, this is actually working. Like it's He's like, you couldn't ignore the love the way Rachel ignored me when I had my dick in my hands in the fantasy suite. I'm kidding. I'm being crass. It's not like a, just a, a, a TV show. And then now it's like, oh, shit, I'm going home alone. Like, it's like I felt during the whole thing like this is I think this is going to work. Ooh, OK. That's a fun tease. Um, OK. Night one. We, we see a lot of a lot of women. Obviously, there's 30 of them. Um, Bailey. You guys kissed quick. 
out of the limbo there. We had, you had met her once and, you know, made it up for it with getting her name wrong. Did you have any rules oh for yourself going in on kissing on the first night? And tell me a little bit about that reunion. Uh, so going into night one, I didn't have any rules for myself. I, I think it was almost like that would be, you know, stopping myself from just fully taking in and meeting all the women. Like all, like, I guess one rule was I wanted to meet and speak with all the women I can, whatever. All right. So there's more to that clip. We'll play it tomorrow. Uh, we're going to sift through all of the Zach interview footage for you tomorrow. Uh, but I do want to say when, when Zach goes, I have no rules. Clayton's on the other line going, Hey buddy, you met, you, you probably should set some rules because it's all fun and games now. But when you propose to somebody, they're going to be like, Oh yeah, no rules, huh? No rules there. Just getting glitter all over yourself. All right. Well, anyway, uh, we're going to transition away from Zach to uh, former bachelorette, Caitlin Bristow, my favorite, well, one of my favorites of all time. She was interviewed on a podcast, Quitters Podcast, and talked about Chris Harrison and said some pretty damning things. So I want to share that for you guys next. Uh, we got a couple of clips coming your way. Thank you so much for being a part of the community, as always. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, leave us a nice review on your Apple iPhones or wherever else you leave reviews. Share it with your friends on Instagram stories, Facebook groups, anyone who listens. We appreciate you guys. As long as we keep growing, we'll keep doing this so all of your individual help in promoting the podcast is important. If there's any podcast you love and you think I would be a good value to them and you want me to be on them, send them a message. I'm out here promoting my show. I'll be glad to do them. We have yet to hear back from Jason Tartik's podcast. There's the other podcast that, uh, that that would very much benefit from having our fan base and audience uh, listening to them and maybe they just don't know that we're out here. So let's do it. Help me promote and we'll keep on making good content. Alright, without further ado, here's our first clip of the day. It's Kate Caitlin Bristow on Bachelor Rush Hour. She discusses how she quit dancing and part of like, you know, how dancing brought her all this joy. And then she was able to get back into dancing after going on the Dancing with the Stars. Spoiler, she won. And after that, we're going to talk about pay discrepancy on The Bachelor. She Caitlin Bristow accuses The Bachelor producers of paying the men more than women, but there's a little pushback on that. Uh, and then also she's going to talk about her uh, equity that she's built in her home brand, how she was an outcast in Bachelor, and then went from outcast to, of course, hosting the show. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, so have a listen. Let's start right now with... What what she has to say about um, dancing with the stars. Hold on one second here and let's get into it. And I was like committing my life to dance. I That's why I worked at a restaurant so I could have the proper hours to do dance training. Mm. And then, I mean, after I, I got rejected with everything I did in dance, I was always a no. It was always a no. I, did, I, w I just wasn't good enough. And being hurt, being told you're not good enough however many times, it does, you know, give you thick skin to a certain extent, but it also makes you feel like you're not worthy. And so Listen, dancing is aggressive. I was in the, uh, the SAG after a union hall and they had a bulletin up for uh, a, a meeting for people, for dancers who have been injured because it's such a physical sport and it's a young person's game and it's super competitive. So just because you can't make it on the top tier doesn't mean you should quit doing it if you love it. When I met the hockey player and had the option to just, you know, go live his life and he made great money and I could, you know, quit dance. I could maybe just do it as a hobby. It just sounded like okay, this is a good transition for me. So I quit and, and I'm actually not, it was not a bad quit because I do think it wasn't going to lead me anywhere. So I'm, I'm glad I did at the time because every, I, I just believe in divine timing and things working out. And I'm so glad for 
all the things I get to do now in my life. And and that wouldn't have happened without that. But it was hard to give up a passion. Going on The Bachelorette, when I came off The Bachelorette and they offered me Dancing with the Stars, I was like, oh, I yeah. could still be a dancer. And at the time, I actually, they didn't let me go on Dancing with the Stars because I was still under contract with Bachelorette. And they told me I couldn't, they were like, no, we're not going to let anyone from our franchise do the show anymore. How and dumb. then five How years dumb. later, they actually asked me to go back on. So I, it was more than just like winning the mirror ball. I was like, I am a dancer. I know this from Sarah Highland, my my TV daughter. We, we, yes. we met at her wedding. Love. Um, yes. She was a ballerina. She was a bunhead uh, all growing up and going to school. And there's a part of her that I could see like click in. And she's the first to say this. I'm not speaking out of school where she'll be like, if I can't be the best at that, I'm not going to, I don't want to do it. And yeah, Black I, Swan, I, super competitive, of course. I actually couldn't watch Dancing with the Stars or So You Think You Could Dance or any kind of dance show because I watched and thought like, I wasn't good enough and that bothers me that I wasn't the best and that I'm not on one of these shows that I like actually couldn't watch. It made me sad. Not only just feeling like I couldn't do it, but sad because I missed it. And it was like, it took up my whole life. So when I went back and, you know, ballroom's very different from all the other dancing I grew up doing, but being back in a dance studio and being, you know, having that coach figure and a teacher and somebody that was pushing you to be the best. Like I, a lot of people I talk to who have gone on that show, it's like, that's that's the hardest thing I've ever done. And they push you so hard. And I'm like, they really, they really do. And I mean, Artem was really hard on me, but I loved it. And I. Yeah, she's a pro. She's a pro at heart. So we're happy for Caitlin Bristow. All right, I'm going to play the part where she talks about salary and the juicy issues with Chris Harrison. I just have to say, a lot of times uh, contestants or alumni go on the show uh, on Bachelor. We fall in love with them. And then the more we hear from them, the more it's kind of like, okay, they're just a normal person. Let me just be the first to tell you this. I've never met her in real life. Caitlin Bristow is the real deal. She is so much bigger than Bachelor. Her ability to discuss her therapy, working on her inner child, building equity in herself, never quitting. I mean, this is someone that we need to take notes from. She's an entrepreneur. I'm going to share the Chris Harrison part, but of course, I mean, not, not you know, she sent me this and, um, you know, this we did this unboxing here, my wife and I. In wet, but... And of course, the song in the background is Caitlin Bristow's song. It's on Spotify. It's called If I'm Being Honest. Either way, so we opened her package. She's an entrepreneur. She's got her own wine label. I mean, she's really just done everything right in the last couple of years and sent a nice card. So we are just huge fans. Not because she sent us the wine. We liked her before that. But let's jump to the 5140 mark here. And this is where we talk about salary discrepancy in Bachelor. What's like, what is the money journey through all of these different dimensions of your life. Yeah, it, that was, I mean, again, coming from a world where I was, you know, I made I made okay money. Well, I shouldn't even say that. I, I was serving at restaurants and trying to work my way up in a restaurant. And to be honest with you, I struggled to pay my rent almost every single month. So to- And as she said earlier, she worked in restaurants, so she had the free time to take rehearsals and dance class. Newsflash, business degree, worked minimum wage jobs, drove Uber, drove Lyft, worked this, background in movies, did all that. So I could have the free time to attend open mics and go to auditions. I totally understand that hustle. Come off of a show- 
Um, you don't get paid to go on The Bachelor as a contestant. You don't get mm-hmm. paid unless you're the lead. You have to bring all your own clothes. Oh. You don't know how long you're going to be there. You have to quit your, your job but not oh. know if you're going to be like, eh, back tomorrow or back in 11 weeks or what your life's going to look like after that. So it's a really high-risk, high-reward kind of move. And you it's also don't know how they're going to portray you. And some people can't get their jobs back after that. So I was in a position where then they pay you to be the bachelorette. But what was fascinating about that too is they don't pay the bachelorettes the same as they pay the bachelors. What? And, nope. Are you and kidding? Was, kidding? No, no. Now, I've done independent research that contradicts what Caitlin's saying, but she might have a point that people have been lowballed on their negotiation offers. If you do a simple Google search, it says bachelors and bachelorettes each make 100000 I know from personal experience to who I've spoken to, of course, they're not allowed to reveal this publicly, that they've made over six figures. No. The show is called The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, but they pay The Bachelor more than The Bachelorette. Now, Julie over here uh, on Modern Family, one of the biggest comedies of all time, was making half a million dollars an episode, which by all means makes me wonder, how is she only worth 18 million if she was making half a million per episode? Weren't they doing 20 plus episodes a year for like a decade? Either way, her agent's probably rolling in the dough. How did you find this out? Just through, I mean a quick Google search and also talking to other people that were past leads. And I had known how much The Bachelor made the year before me. So I said, because they also, they usually have one bachelorette, one bachelor, but on my season, they had two bachelorettes and they said the men are going to decide who they want to be the bachelorette. And Chris Harrison, the host, I'll never forgive him for this. He goes, here it is. You guys ready? She'll, she'll never forgive him for this. Who will be a better wife? And I was like, a be- <laughs> who will be a better, who will bake better brownies in the beds? Okay. Um, I don't have the quote from Chris Harrison. Hey, listeners, this is Malachi Stewart inviting you to join me and my co-host Leah Henry on a new podcast called Positive Voices. We are bringing knowledge and empowerment to the DMV and beyond as we amplify our voices to the HIV community. We've created a safe space to share life experiences, discuss resources, and encourage people living with HIV to seek out care and treatment. So let's raise our voices and create better outcomes for people living with HIV. Please join us at dcnhiv.org slash podcast to watch, listen, and see what resources are available in your area. If anyone has it, please leave a comment. I couldn't find it. My guess is she's summarizing something, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did say that. Better uh, what wife? am I doing? A better wife. <laughs> and I go, what am I doing here? And the girl that I was competing against was a friend, but Brittany, they wanted to Brittany. pit us against each other. And Ouch. I said, I'm not doing this unless you pay me the same as you pay your bachelors. And I got close. But yeah. How much? I mean, how much do they how much do they pay the bachelor? Well, well, it's well, depend- Googleable. It's different for you can Google if it's it. It's Googleable, then we can say it right I'm here. I'm the most open book. I will tell you anything. Please. Um, my my fiance also has a podcast where he has open discussions about money and and what people make, especially coming out of TV. That's so right. for it. the bachelors, which by the way, I've told Jason, get me on your podcast and we'll open the books here. You know, our our YouTube channel makes more than <laughs> than the leads do, and I'd be happy to talk about it. But uh, I don't know, haven't heard back. So send him a DM if you well, want. Let to me actually me say this, Emily Maynard. They wanted, but I also say I think I work harder than these bachelorettes and bachelors. All right, they get to have sex in a fantasy suite here. <laughs> you know, we just get her to be the bachelorette so badly 
Um, and she, I don't think she really wanted to. They actually paid her the most out of anybody. And that was, I think, $250,000. Okay, so now, even though, now here's the contradiction. Caitlin, God bless her, says, well, the men get paid more than the women. Well, now you're saying that she, that, um, uh, that uh, Emily Maynard got paid 2.5 times higher than the going rate. So it really comes down to a negotiation thing. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the bachelors take advantage of weak negotiators or people that are just here for the experience. What she's about to say about how the producers played hard hardball with her goes to show that your bosses are not your friends. Dollars, but most bachelors get paid 120. And mm -hmm. I think some bachelorettes get offered like 40,000. What? what? And that's for and how much work? That's for how many weeks of work or whatever. How many guys you got to bang for 40K? Well, I mean, it's... How many uh, yurts and uh, windmills do you need? To... You've already taken off however many weeks, like 11 weeks to be on The Bachelor. Can you imagine if, if you were paid bonuses for... Um, oh, my gosh. This show would go downhill so fast if they were bonused for how far they went with someone. It's almost, It'd be like the reverse Too Hot to Handle, right? Or no, is that the show Too Hot to Handle? Oh, then a, a period of time where it's airing where you don't know what you're going to do. Then taking mm. off another 11 weeks off, but then you have to do media runs and everything after. And so. And The Bachelor, they, they won't share this, but I'll give you guys exclusive info. When you're under contract with The Bachelor, they basically work as an agent. So if you get a gig or a sponsor, uh, whatever, they have to A, approve it while they're under contract with you. So say you get $100,000 by Old Spice. They approve it, but they also get a commission uh, as far as an agency fee goes. Well, it's a long time and they should actually pay everybody. They own you. It, uh, and I know that, that that's what like pageant the pageant world does with like Miss America and things like that. That. But they only that is what they pay you for the for like all of your services for the bachelor. Yeah, but it's all it's all about negotiating. So like some people uh, my, I was, again, lucky to have somebody Penny Thou. She um, kind of knew that industry. So she set me up with an entertainment lawyer, which I would have never thought to do again because right. I didn't know anything about this. So um, it's kind of all in what you're willing to negotiate. And I know they said to me at one point, we thought this was about love for you, not money. And I was like, don't try oh, and pull that. That's disgusting. You that's gross. Ever. Yeah, a lot, I could tell you. I'd be like, well, you know what? You know what? It is about love and I'd love to be rich. Let's get onto it. Come on. You know what I mean? Oh boy. Okay. A lot of gross things that they that's said. That's fucking but, shameful. Please do tell us. Well, I, I are like, Again, I've said everything I've gotten. I don't. I'm, I couldn't get in trouble now. I'm not under contract, but I've gotten in so much trouble with this show, and I don't care because I. Again, them telling me. There's one more part you guys got to listen to where she talks about overcoming being the uh, the uh, ostracized member from the show. Which, hey, Katie Thurston, good luck to you. You know what I mean? They 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 essentially ostracized Katie Thurston in the same way. They haven't invited her back as part of the in group because she doesn't play by the rules. Keep building your equity. Maybe maybe she'll be hosting the show for all we know. I mean, I couldn't go on Dancing with the Stars. They they the the creator of the show told me no, you can't do it. And I was like, but you just let the last Bachelor go on. And he was like, "Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not having it anymore." And then the next season, the guy from my season was uh, the Bachelor. He goes on Dancing with the Stars. So they, as you can see, the pattern here, they Nick really Vile. favor their men. But yeah, I think it's all about like if you can negotiate and if you don't let them, you know, manipulate you into thinking you're a bad person for asking for more money. It's it's kind of because they like, are a making money off of you. They are absolutely yeah. making money off of you, off your image, of your likeness, and I'm sure you sign away. Any everything that happens while the cameras are rolling, you don't own a minute of that. Were you ever able to say, "Oh my gosh, please, I really, please don't put that in"? There, yes, oh but I mean, 
Again, if it was in the contract, the one thing that my entertainment lawyer helped me with was to say, I I said, I don't want any hidden cameras or any hidden microphones um, because that scared me for just like, you know, if I'm in my room by myself, I don't know what, I don't know. And so that- I used to work at Google and I quit and for about three to, they're going to know if I exist, but (laughs) I need to ask you and what, why? Tell me about it, please. I really have stood up for myself in a lot of ways when it comes to being scared of getting in trouble or using my voice. Like I've tried to go the way of like, this feels right to me and I feel like I should be able to say this. But of course, still a fear because, for example, right now, I really am trying to create a TV show and pitch it. I'm, I go back and forth on being like, I... I don't want to be the person that goes, well, I don't want to bite the hand that fed me because there's a lot of bullshit that comes with that where I'm like, well... I don't. I don't want to like dismiss where I where I got my start from, and I want to be. Oh, hello. So uh, I'll just wrap up what she was saying here. You can listen to the full thing. She does. She said she doesn't want to be the person who says, "Don't bite the hand that feeds." But essentially, what she comes down to is, no, they are the ones that get fed from you. They get fed from your drama, your likeness. Without any of these leads, they couldn't do that job. So we need to have this thought in more so in society that like, let's not bow down to our employers. They are psychopathic. They will do what's best for them, including the people that pay me over at Google. They just lay people off. Oh boy, don't tell them, you know what I mean? With like emails, it's like, it's it's psychopathic. It's They're not your friends. The producers aren't your friends. What she says is because she w- worked so hard to build her own equity, which she's done with her uh, podcast, her brands, all her music, all the different, her wine, all the different things. She's worked so hard to build her own equity and her own fan base. The show had to have her back, not because they loved her, but because it was a good business decision. And for anyone who works in the arts or any other a non-secure job out there, you have to remember, build your newsletter, make sure you're getting your audience together, have an army of supporters and be undeniable. And that is the best job security you can have. Like, yeah, it sucks if you get fired from Twitter as an engineer, but if you're a rock star and you know what you're doing, you will find work. Same thing with comedians. We always say like, oh, this comedy club won't hire me. This one won't. Be undeniable get to that stage of life the work will find you all right well we've got another piece of content coming your way uh greer uh who was the first impression winner issued an apology following getting sort of called out for her problematic tweets. Now, this might not be the most interesting thing to you, but I promise you the last four minutes of this video are fascinating. We have a we have somebody named Donna and or Marie. She's called in under multiple names who uh, tried to change her voice to sound different, left several voicemails on our channel accusing me of making fun of multiple things of which I have not done. So, in proper form, I'm going to air out her voicemails and share with you guys exactly what I said. It's going to be very fascinating. Leave a comment. If you enjoy what I'm doing and I'm bringing any value to you, don't forget to hit the like, follow, or subscribe button and definitely rate us and review us. All right, here's Greer's apology. Cheers to Greer. So here's Greer. Her Instagram's Cheerio Greerio. Uh, that's a nice one. And there she is in a nice uh, crochet halter top. Do I have that right, ladies? And um, she says, does this count as a hard launch? This was from two weeks ago. 
And of course, it was hard enough of a launch because she got the first impression rose, but did not make a good first impression with folks that, of course, exposed her for her tweets. I believe we covered this story, but let's just really quickly go through what was posted here by The Sun, a bastion for um, <laughs> uh, journalistic integrity. Not Greer Ford. Bachelor Zach shall cross frontrunner Greer Blitzer slammed for racist past comments in defending blackface photo. The 24-year-old medical sales rep from Houston, Texas, is part of the group of 30 women competing for Zach, blah, blah, blah. And um, we'll get into what exactly she was blasted for. In a since-deleted Instagram photo, Greer, who is rumored to receive the first impression rose on night one, of course, that's what happened, was seen supporting Donald Trump in the 2016 presidential election. I'll be the first to tell you this. Not the guy I voted for, but if you supported Donald Trump pre-2016 in that election, I just don't judge people. Look, she's from Houston, Texas. Does that, does that mean that um, she knew every single one of the policies he was going to enact? And, you know, that, uh, if, look, I, I'm, not, I'm just not one for revisionary history. He was the Republican nominee. Half the population, give or take one to three percentage points, is going to vote for the Republican nominee. So I'm not going to be here looking at her for that. Although, here are the comments in the post and things she said on Twitter. Essentially, I believe the biggest thing, although it's, I'm not here to measure what was more offensive to people, was that she said the... Um, the previous incident that talking about a friend who uh, was uh, photographed in blackface said the previous incident was dumb, but not racist question mark. She did not paint herself black because she felt superior to black people. Um, she said, actually it does matter. Perception is everything. Why would you keep seeing things wrong that, okay. So uh, she said, I apologize if this offends you, but you must understand it was not initially supposed to be perceived that way. So it's a long Twitter thread, you know, goes on and on. We already covered it. You can listen to, check out everything there, where she was essentially defending a friend in blackface. And I think we're, for the most part, at a place in society where there is a hard, um, no negotiating whether or not it's offensive. It's mockery and it roots itself in, from the min, from the time of minstrel shows where blackface was used to demean uh, black people. So therefore, I think that's a place we can all agree on. And whether she was there or not, I'm assuming whether this was a year ago or five years ago, it doesn't make a difference to me um, where, whatever bubble she lived in. And again, Dave, are you apologizing for her? No, not at all. I'm offering my opinion that if someone posts a Trump sticker from Houston, Texas, I'm sorry. And we'll get comments from people. I'm from Houston, Texas, and I was against him. Sure, sure. But let's not pretend. And again, this is coming from woke, woke communist Dave, as I've been called. I'm not a communist. I, I believe uh, uh, the country would benefit mostly from a social democracy where we pool our funds together to help the sick. Obviously, we have a mental health crisis, as we've uh, been seeing here uh, play out in California with uh, multiple mass shootings in uh, multiple days and probably isn't going to end anytime soon. So clearly we have a mental health problem. We have all these other issues. It's not political. It's our country. It's what we're dealing with. But I'm not here to criticize some 19 year old for uh, for voting for Trump in 2015 when, uh, you know, probably every one of her friends was, of course. So just different uh, comments back and forth. Here's what her middle school uh, friend, I shouldn't even say a guy she went to middle school with had to say to put her on blast. Greer Blitzer, you got some explaining to do, sis. 
Now, I only chose to make a video about this because now, I... If I were giving him any advice before he continues, I'd say wipe the shit in and grin off your face because when you gloat in exposing someone else, it's just, it just like, if you're going to report on it, just, I mean, the gloating part to me, it's like, all right, you're, you're, you're excited because someone you went to high school, middle school with is canceled. Is that it? Ugh. I literally know exactly what they're talking about. I knew she looked familiar and I knew I followed her, but I was like, where do I know her from? I literally went to middle school with her. So if you watch Bachelor Night, you can see that Greer did win the first impression rose. Bachelor Nation is really upset that she got the rose. I don't care that she got the rose, okay? It's whatever. When you go on reality TV, your history comes up. So hers is coming up. She's getting slammed for racist comments that she literally made on Twitter about an incident that happened at my high school. Basically, her tweets are supporting a so We already got through that. Let's see if we can like fast forward or something. See if we can do that here. Basically, if you were in the cool group, they would go to these field parties in the random the woods and just get drunk and turn up in high school. So essentially, he's upset that she was part of a cool group. And again, you know, I, I, you could criticize her for being a follower, not a free thinker here. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I just don't judge people and what they do with their brain till they're old enough to think for themselves, which usually means going off to college or moving away from your hometown. You might be 30 years old or 22 and you might have never moved out of your hometown. How do I know if you've evolved and know what it's like to rub elbows with people that don't look like you? You know what I mean? This specific call out that everyone's making is because it was a Halloween party and one of the girls dressed up as a shadow, she claims. She was not a shadow. She dressed up as Tupac. She had a Tupac shirt on and painted her face black. People took pictures of it and then she wants to be all getting mad when everyone calls her out for blackface. Right here. All right, so we covered it. And of course, it's it's no defending the blackface. It's just the... Uh the, uh, you know, the, the, the TikTok culture of, uh, of uh, pretending like you have some sort of moral superiority to somebody else here is just not really doing it for me. The organization, we're going on the news saying she dressed up as a shadow. We don't even know what blackface is. Oh, so she went in. So this was uh, this made the news at the time. So maybe this is more recently than I thought. I don't being know. I was, assuming, I was assuming this happened around the time of 2016. Either way, she issued this apology. Let's check this out. The journey to love is filled with lessons, and these lessons are also made on our journey of growth. In my past, I have made some uneducated, ignorant, and frankly wrong comments on my social media accounts. In particular, in 2016, I used misguided arguments on Twitter to defend a student who dressed in blackface as Tupac for Halloween. I am deeply sorry to those I have hurt, especially those within the black community, not because these screenshots have resurfaced, but because I ever shared those harmful opinions at all. Time and age do not excuse my actions, but this is not a reflection of who I am today. I do not stand by or condone the damaging opinions and behaviors I shared during that stage of my life and will forever regret making those offensive remarks. And look, the idea that time and age do not excuse my actions, I would probably say the same thing. And yet, uh, where you existed in life, uh, the friends you surrounded yourself with, uh, the, the class you grew up in, the fraternity, you pledge, all those types of things do factor into your decisions that you're making in a pivotal time in your life when you're just trying to survive. And that doesn't make any excuses for it. It just kind of explains how does someone get into this situation where they're A, putting Tupac uh, a blackface on, but what she's being uh, you know accused of here is not doing the blackface, but defending it. I will get a comment from someone saying, I'm defending her, defending it, and I'm not at all, but I think we have earned ourselves the um, space here to discuss this in a way where it's like, look, 
are we shocked? I, I wasn't when Eric Schwarz came out. I'm not here. We can talk about this, but for as long as contestants will go on the show, there will be dumb things they said or did on social media with all of their records being archived for us to peruse. Now, I said something on my podcast, and this is super interesting. I share this on last night's live stream. It was the after live stream. I was looking at my voicemail list, and I had a voicemail from an angry person. You might have listened to this. Only about 5 to 10% of my audience listens to the live streams because they're very long. So I wanted to replay this for you guys. This is a comment that someone left for me. I'm going to play their voicemail. Then I'm going to refute what they say with what I said. And I'm going to let you guys decide if this is not the craziest voicemail we've received all year. Hi, this is Donna. I'm calling from, what does it matter? I just listened to your podcast, the one on Friday about Lisa Marie Presley. And I just, had to leave a message because I'm going to unfollow you. That was disgusting. You made fun of her. Like, so what if she got the shot or didn't get the shot? That has nothing to do with it. If it does, that's not for you to joke about. Just because you're a comedian doesn't mean you can joke about someone's death. I mean, why don't you make fun of her son's suicide two years ago while you're at it? Christ. She's got daughters. She's got family. What's wrong with you? And then she hangs up. Now we heard the hang up there, right? That's from a landline phone. Now I'm going to play for you what I said on my podcast, Bachelor Rush Hour, and you can decide for me if I was making fun of the deceased. Some tough news. We have Lisa Marie passing away, Lisa Marie Presley, just two days after attending the Golden Globes. So just, um, you know, our thoughts with that family, uh, of course, and uh, not even sure what happened. Pretty wild times going on out there. I'm sure, you know, not knowing what happened, I'm sure people will blame the vaccine. That's my, Meanwhile, this is days after Damar Hamlin, of course, uh, died on the field and he survived, but he, you know, his heart stopped. So he died and people were blaming the vaccine. So obviously it's a conversation. That's right. How are your numbers, Dave? Well, it's a little slow in January. Must be the vaccine. Funny joke. What's the matter, Dave? You're not doing well. Well, I'm trying to do my taxes, but the IRS is coming after me. The IRS is coming after you. Why? Because I got the booster. Booster joke. Yeah. Just everything's an excuse. Honey, why don't you put the toilet seat down? How can I now that I'm vaccinated? All right, so, of course, the joke goes on and on. N none of which was making... F I think we can all agree. I haven't seen one person defend this caller, but I just wanted to share that for you because as I was exiting out of last night's live stream, I had already said goodbye to everybody. I was literally ready to shut the computer. I saw this other message from two days prior from somebody else. Now, this other person was mad at me for also making fun of uh, Lisa Marie Presley. But then as I listened to it, I realized it was the same person. The same person called in with different names, made fun of me, and then listened to the ending where she clicks the phone. So it's the same person here. Hi there, Dave. My name is Marie. I'm now, earlier she called herself Donna, but now she's Marie. So it's Donna Marie, a.k.a. Donnie and Marie. We don't know. Calling from Ontario. I was a first-time, don't want to say long-time, listener. Loved your podcast. So by the way, this is what people do when they, don't, when they criticize something. You said, I used to support you. I used to love you. I'll never do this again. Okay. You were really kind and, and funny and compassionate. Um, 
And I didn't unfollow you when you started talking about politics. Started? I've always talked about politics. And From day one. Made fun of people who raided you and made fun of um, infertility. I've never made fun of infertility. That's ridiculous. Uh, but Which were horrible, but I kept listening. But then when you joked about Lisa Marie Presley I passing didn't. away and joking about it being the vaccine... That was despicable. You seem like such a nice person, and I'm just so disappointed, and that's just disgusting. I know you're a comedian, but not everything is funny. But this voicemail is. That was just just so cold and so horrible that that's, that's all you said about it. I thought at the end of your podcast you would say something more, but you just made a joke about the vaccine. That's just despicable. Now, technically, I didn't make a joke about the vaccine. I made a joke about the people that will use the vaccine as an excuse for why people die. You're despicable. And despicable me. Despicable Dave. Ooh, that's a good merch idea. Despicable Dave. I've unfollowed you. I've unsubscribed. I'm so again, this person said they've unfollowed and unsubscribed and then two days later called in from a different name. Never listen to your podcast again. So try to be a little more compassionate. Bye, loser. And then she calls me a loser. So she says, bye, loser. You know what? Let's take this negative energy and do something positive with it. We actually have a very tough story that I wanted to share with you. I don't want to get into specifics, but there's a member of our community who um, actually is off on her own with her children after a DV issue. Um, I make sure that I vet these GoFundMes before I share them with you, which I hate to have to do, but there's a lot of fraud out there. She's on her own. She's a product of financial manipulation and didn't have much money to, uh, to move on from her fiance, who of course uh, sadly and tragically um, was abusive. Uh, if you want to donate to this, this is a good thing that our community can do. She's a member of our community. She's one of us. There'll be a link in the comment section. Uh, as some of you guys know, my mom and, and plenty other people have been in similar circumstance. So because of that, it hits close to home and we want to help out those that we can. Um, I'll promote this one more time because I feel bad that I'm promoting it at the end of this video. Not, not everyone always catches the ending, but you can go check that out. Link in the comment section and let's try to boost this number up a little bit and help out one of our own. And of course, helping one of our own has become a statement piece of our podcast and YouTube empire. Your ability as a fan base to donate to those members that are in need have filled dozens, maybe even hundreds of teachers wish lists, underfunded teachers across the country. You have helped change lives with single moms that are out there who are helping, you know, trying to get a couple more presents for their kids during the Christmas season. And of course, you guys knocked it out of the park, donating $10,000 in 2021 to the uh, Toys for Tots charity toy drive. So when we uh, come to you all with people that are in need, I want to let you know I'm trying my best to vet the scenario. In this case, I have. And it's sad. It's super sad to, to see that this exists out there. But if there is any benefit to having a loving and warm community, it is that we can specifically and intentionally help change people's lives for the better. And even though our audience and family is on the smaller side on YouTube and on the podcasting networks, I would take you guys over any other community out there. I think our strength is so much greater than the number and more about how we're all willing to be there for each other. So I want to thank you all in advance for donating a dollar, five or $10 to our friend in need. There'll be a link in the description 
description below where you can hit that donate button. And that's going to be it for my Tuesday episode of Bachelor Rush Hour. I want to thank everyone for being a part of the community and for all of your time and energy and humor and fun. Uh, the live stream last night on YouTube was a blast and uh, you've inspired me to keep kicking it out there. We have tons of content coming, you to tomorrow, coming your way tomorrow. So without further ado, I'll talk to you later. I'm Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bye.